Good morning. We're back on Daniel. And of course, you know, I began to understand this young man and what God did through him. It's got to be the most uh, awesome, powerful thing that God has done in the life of this young man because it is an in-depth vision of the future. And you're talking about, uh, when you look at the book of Daniel, you're talking about 600 years before Christ. Daniel began to have these dreams. And uh, <clears throat> we're in chapter 8. But on chapter 8, there's an introduction of two animals. God speaks to him, and I'll read it to you, chapter 8, verse 1. In the third year of King Belchizer. Now, who is Belchizer? The son of Nebuchadnezzar. And you're dealing with uh, 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 the Medo-Persian Empire. So you have the, the four empires that we have been discussing in the first dream that uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar had was uh, Babylon, uh, the Medo-Persian Empire, and then the next is... Uh, uh, the Greek Empire, and of course the Roman Empire. And so these four uh, empires that were not in power at the time of the vision, Daniel was having a prophetic vision looking in the future. And he saw <clears throat> in the statue of Nebuchadnezzar, remember that he saw a, a big rock out of nowhere without human hands, falling on the feet of clay and bronze, which represented uh, the Rome and destroyed Roman, Roman completely uh, in the Roman Empire. And so, uh, let's take a look at this uh, a little bit. It says, A vision appeared unto me, even unto me, Daniel. Meaning another vision. I, I interpret dreams, but now I have another vision. I'm in my bed you know, I had, uh, didn't have breakfast yet. I'm just trying to get up in the morning. And suddenly, bang! And, and it's very, very interesting. Because it says, After that which appeared unto me at first. Consequently, this was not long after the overthrow of Babylon by the Medo-Persian Empire. And of course, the Medo-Persian Empire were two large uh, empires that united together to destroy Babylon, the Medes and the Persians. So there's nothing confusing there, I hope so. I hope you, you're getting just like I am, okay? And so it says, uh, uh, And I saw in a vision, it came to pass when I saw that I was in Shushan in the palace, which is in the province of Elan. Shushan is about 200 miles uh, uh, east of, uh, of Babylon. And I saw a vision which was by the river Uli. So he's identifying the vision where I was in the palace, river Uli, and there's a summer palace of the king, and I'm taking a vacation here uh, from all the work I have to do, and suddenly I have this vision. And I lift my eyes and I saw, behold, there stood before the river a ram which had two horns. So Daniel sees the vision, 
uh, in the capital of the Persian Empire, Susa, and he sees a ram with two long horns standing toward the canal in the river where he was. It's kind of abnormal because a ram uh, doesn't have long horns like that, but he saw long horns. And the ram, the ram then was referring to the Medo-Persian Empire. Because you see, the Medo-Persian Empire is actually what comes after uh, Nebuchadnezzar, Belchizedek, his son, in Medo-Persian Empire, uh, uh, takes over everything. And uh, the horn grew longer. The rim pushed westward, northward, southward, gaining greater control and, uh, and, and, and absolute power. So let's take a look at this a little bit, just to sort of uh, uh, amen. amen. Let's take a look at this a little bit, and uh, and we'll see it uh, in just a moment. It says, "And I lift up, I lift my eyes, and I saw." Now, what I saw was. A ram with two large horns. So, let's take a look. On Daniel 2, you have the statue, the gold, the silver, and the bronze, representing, of course, uh, uh, Rome. On chapter 7, the animals begin to come, uh, uh, the wicked, the lion, the bear, and the leopard, which really described the character of, of these four empires. Describes who they were. Describes, for instance, uh, the leopard uh, refers to, to uh, Alexander the Great and his swiftness, his, his, uh, how fast that young man conquered the whole world at 32 years of age. And then he moves to chapter 8. And on chapter 8, two animals appeared. So now God is talking to to, to Daniel about something very important here. Because these two animals symbolizes uh, uh, countries, empires. Now, good. Okay, so let's, uh, let's, let's begin. I, I'll, I'll move forward a little bit. Let's see if I can do this. Uh, the ram's power is suddenly broken by the he, by a goat, the he-goat. which was Alexander the Great. And so, the goat with a prominent horn between his eyes comes from the west, moves rapidly as if not touching the ground, and changes into two horns, uh, two-horned ram. The two-horned ram is powerless and easily overcome by the goat, meaning one, uh, the, the Persians... Uh, enlarge a little bit, John. The Persians are overcome by the Medes. Now, that is very, very important because now we're talking about uh, one empire taking the other. Look at verse 3. It says, I lift my eyes and I saw, behold, there stood before a river a ram which had two horns, and two horns were, were high, but one higher than the other, and the higher came up last. 
So the ram which had two horns symbolizes the middle Persian Empire ruled by two kings. Specifically two kings. One, it is Darius the Mede and Cyrus the Persian. Now, this is very important because the sovereignty of this large horn is broken off and in its place came four horns on this animal. So the large one is broken off. The large one is broken off. And, and four prominent small horns shows up on the head of the, of the ram. Now this is what he saw. One is broken off and two appears. And the second one becomes four. Of course, we understand this because when Alexander the Great died at the age of 32, four generals took over his empire. And the empire was Macedonia, Thrace, Egypt, and Syria. One of them began as a small kingdom, exalted itself against God by turning against Israel. Now, Israel is in captivity. Israel is, is taken over by the Middle Persian Empire and their slaves. And suddenly, Daniel began to see that one of those small horns, one of those countries, such as Syria, began to rebel against the beautiful land, which is Israel. And Israel is in captivity. God has to bring Israel back from, to the promised land. He has to communicate that to Daniel. Since uh, this is what Jeremiah said of the Lord. Look at Jeremiah referring to this at the, at the same time. But I said, Oh, how shall I put thee among the children and give thee a pleasant land, a godly inherit, heritage of the hosts of all nations? And I said, Thou shalt, shalt call me my father, and shall not turn away from me. Surely as a wife treacherously departed from her husband, so have he dealt treacherously with me, O house of Israel, said the Lord. That's the King James chapter, chapter 3, Jeremiah 3.19. So what is, what is Jeremiah saying? Israel is in captivity because they, as, as a treacherous wife, departed from her husband, so they have departed from God, so they're in captivity. But in the dream that Daniel had, when he saw this rim, the long, large horn broken down and appeared in the head of the rim four small horns which symbolized four countries. Uh, uh, things began to clear. The Macedonia that traced Egypt and Syria. And so now, things begin to change. At this time, Israel still captive in Babylon, but now under the leadership of Belchizer, son of Nebuchadnezzar the king, who is who is the other horn out of one horn from the death of Alexander the Great? The death of Alexander the Great produced a split in his empire. And the split is based on the prophecy of Daniel. Daniel is seeing that in the future. Now Daniel is in the house of Belchizer. But he's looking forward in the future. This prophecy alludes to the invasion of Seleucids, the Syrian king. Now, that is historically correct that what really is happening when he saw 
the horn being the the big one horn broken down in the small little horns in the four kings four four kings split into the generals belonging to Alexander the Great. Uh, history speaks that Seleucid, the king of Syria, king Antiochus of Epiphanes, into Judah. This king invaded Judah and began to persecute the people and stopped and held all sacrifices uh, uh, due to the due to the uh, Israel moving to Babylon. And so he is persecuting and the, the people in the temple. The temple was dis, dis, destroyed and, uh, and, uh, and so for three years they decided that they would now consecrate the temple in the place of the temple. And of course, had ceased. Now verse 14 then begins to clear this up. You have Daniel in his bed having the vision of two animals, the ram, the ram, uh, and of course, uh, and the goat. And suddenly, verse 14 says, And he said unto me, Unto two thousand and three hundred days, in Daniel's days, the, the years, the days were counted at 350 a year, not 365, 360. Their calendar didn't add it five days. Then shall the sanctuary be cleansed. And so God began to talk to Daniel that the sanctuary had to be cleansed and it would take uh, 1,150 days for the sanctuary to be cleansed due to captivity of God's people. Now this, this Antiochus that came out of Syria, it is the little horn. Meaning, he is doing preparing the work for the little horn, which is the Antichrist. And so he just simply leaves Syria and begins persecuting the people who have already been persecuted, were in captivity, struggling and suffering and, and eating, eating rubbish. Antiochus had no regard for God. He has acted as the prince of the host required the Jews to worship the image of a man. And so the defeat of Antiochus marked the appointed time at the end, on verse 19, meaning uh, at the end of suffering brought by this king, God miraculously gave victory to the Maccabees. The Maccabees came out of nowhere and destroyed Antiochus from Syria. This victory is still celebrated today as Hanukkah. When Jewish people have Christmas, we have the Christmas, the feast of the rededication of the temple, which is in December 25th, 165 years before Christ. We call it the Hanukkah. When the Maccabees, which is an inferior army, subdued the army of the Syria, the, uh, the, uh, of Antiochus, and, and God gave victory. Now, all of this is going on in, in Daniel's mind. Imagine, he's up there close to Eli River in the palace of the king. And he sees that the Medo-Persian Empire now is, has one head, one, one horn. And out of there he saw four. And the four of them referring to four countries. And these countries were part of the Alexander the Great conquering all these areas. So then he's addressed over here as the Son of Man. Gabriel comes in the picture. Why did the, the angel Gabriel shows up 
uh, on verse 15 to 27. Because <coughs> it's confusing to me and to you listening to this teaching, but it's also very confusing uh, to Daniel. He's in the palace, he has this dream, he sees the ram and, and, and the goat, and of course, uh, the big horn breaks down, and, and the little horn disappears and shows four, and of course, uh, he's just uh, overwhelmed. What does this mean, God? What does this mean? But in the same time this vision occurs, a king of Syria shows up in Antiochus, and he begins to persecute the left people that were left in the captivity in Judah. They were making them to worship man, a horrible thing. And so suddenly another army shows up at the Maccabees and destroys it. And I told you that Israel today celebrates the Maccabees invasion of Judah by having a good time calling Hanukkah. Hanukkah is the, is the Christmas time uh, uh, to, to us as it is to Israel. But the Hanukkah is the feast of a rededication of the temple because it was totally destroyed. And so they, they built something smaller and they were worshiping. Now, then I told you again, I'm going to repeat. Daniel is just overwhelmed with all of this, as you must be right now. And an angel asks Gabriel to further explain to Daniel the meaning of this vision. What do you mean? A Daniel, an angel from God, comes from God. God sends the angel. Angel speaks to, the, to Gabriel. Let's take a look at this. The angel asks uh, Gabriel to further explain to Daniel the meaning of the... Why Gabriel? Well, Gabriel, Gabriel was a very famous angel. He's an archangel. He's a, a powerful angel. Everybody loves Gabriel. Gabriel introduced uh, 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 so much to uh, Hezekiah uh, that he would have a son, John the Baptist. And so, so Gabriel, uh, at the mention of Gabriel's name, Daniel falls down in worship. He recognized the name Gabriel. As Ezekiel had done at the revelation of God's glory in Ezekiel chapter 2 verse 28, chapter 3 verse 23. Daniel is addressed as the son of man. Daniel explains, Gabriel explains that the vision pertains to the end times, Daniel. We're not, uh, we're not talking about this time today. We're talking about the time that is to come. It's not for now. You've got to understand, Daniel, that what is to come is what I'm talking about. Now, why this is important to us? What do we learn from this? Is that God is revealing to Daniel that which is to come, so you and I be comforted that the mess we're in in the world today is not to be feared. It's comforting to us that 600 years before the coming of Christ, God is already in the end times telling you and I, hey, hold on. Don't you worry about the mule going blind. Load the wagon. Listen to me. Listen to me. You must be discouraged about things in the world. You know, honestly, there's, there's 
one and a half million babies, 2,365 babies every day are slaughtered in clinics throughout America. One of the greatest sins that we ever been a part of it. And it makes me sick that my paying dollars to taxes is supporting that type of thing. So I'm against abortion. The Bible never speaks about the word homosexual. But in, 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 in the Word of God in the Old Testament, God says a man should not lay with another man. That's an abomination to me, meaning, meaning that, uh, that, that homosexuality is condemned by God in the Scripture. Whatever you understand of it, don't pay attention. God does not, in no shape or form, ever validate homosexuality. And suddenly, we have these situations coming against us. Imagine what really you're thinking, what you're saying to yourself about the pandemic that just hit America. Thousands and upon thousands of people died by this pandemic. That's unheard of. That never happened to America ever. And so as Christians, I want to know that I don't need to look at the mess that we are in now. I want to look at what God has in store for me in the coming of the days. I want to know what God is revealing to me through Daniel so I can be encouraged and be strengthened. And so the angel uh, in this vision noticed that Daniel was in a deep sleep. He had to. He had to. Imagine what kind of, kind of uh, prophetic statement Daniel in these visions, you know. I mean, he sees so much. And so the angel raises him up to his feet to make certain that Daniel will remember the importance of the moment. Because remember, Daniel wrote everything. He had a dream, he would write it down. The book of Daniel is written by Daniel. And so, he explains that the two-horned ram represents the king of the Medes and the Persians. Listen to me, Daniel. The, the, the king, the, the angel is saying, the 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 ram with two horns represents the Medes and the Persians. And that the shaggy goat signifies the king of Greece. And that is really, the king of Greece is, represents the uh, 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 Alexander the Great. And that the large horn of the first king, Alexander the Great, dies. At the age of 32, he dies. And on the, in the, on the left, he sees... Four horns that supplemented the broken off horn represent the four kingdoms. I think up to now you, you've got to be, to, be, to be explained. I don't think you're confused or full of it. I think you're, you're realizing what's happening. From one of the kingdoms, namely the Seleucid kingdom, a stern face, rude, mean, master of intrigue, will rise. And he comes out of Syria. I'm repeating everything again. This king will be powerful in his ability to destroy, especially in his persecution of the holy people of God, which refers to Israel on chapter 8, verse, uh, verse 24. And his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. He shall destroy wonderfully, and he shall prosper and practice all 
and shall destroy the mighty and the holy people. The power to do that came from Satan, not from God. And so his idea of destroying, the, to describe this guy who came from Syria, Antiochus Epiphanes, who was a master of deception, he opposed the principalities, the spiritual forces protecting God's people, interest in the nation, even uh, the prince of princes. Look at verse 25. And though his policy, also he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand. He shall magnify himself in his heart. And by peace shall destroy many. He shall also stand up against the prince of princes. He shall be broken, and he shall be broken without hand. And so, it's beginning to refer to something much bigger than we've been talking about. And I don't want to say it yet, because I want you to stay with me and just think of the king of Syria as a bad dude. He's just bad, bad, bad. And he's trying to persecute Israel. Of course, you know, even today, Israel is still being persecuted. When you think about the world today, uh, most of the world is, is willingly buys into the idea that Israel is the great oppressor in the Middle East. And, and that poor Palestinians being so mistreated are forced to defend themselves with human bombs. The world simply closes its eyes to the truth. And the truth concerns this dilemma. What is the real truth here about Israel? The truth is the Arab world does not recognize Israel as a state. Even today, Israel is not recognized as a state. The tiny state of Israel occupies one-tenth of one percent of all the land. The Arabs occupy the rest. And yet, they want that small part. The truth is that they, all they want is the land of Israel, every Jew dead. Now you remember, remember Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton gave to the Arabs everything they required. The Jews did not go so far as guaranteeing them a part of the city, but they also are not satisfied with it. They want the whole city. They don't want to share half of it. They want the whole city. The world knows the truth that the world doesn't care about the truth. They hate Israel, and most don't even know the reason why. Now, how do you, how do you understand that in the concept of what's happening to Daniel? It's because God has control of history. God has control of Israel. God has control of His people and His nation. And let me tell you this. 1948, when Israel became a state, he became a state by the hand of God. Four, five hundred people. And Ben-Gurion stood up on the steps of that palace and, this, and, and pronounced that those great words that Israel now is a state. It is a state, will remain a state. Yet, when we think about this guy from Syria, his fate also lay in God's hand. And he came to a sudden end. You know, Artarchus died at Tabi, the Persia, in 163. 
And the vision of the evenings and mornings is the vision of the end. And it is to be properly sealed because it's, it's, it, for it concerns the distant future. Meaning David is exhausted when he heard this. Verse 26 uh, is, is, is speaking about this. And the vision of the evening and the morning which was told is true. Wherefore, shout out, shout up the vision, for it shall be for many days. It shall be for many days, signifies the vision from Daniel's day would be a long time coming into fulfillment. But it's most definitely shall be in the near future. Daniel is thinking about, and the vision is toward the future. It is what's to come. Now, after this, our ta- uh, 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 the king of Syria, Antiochus, is, dies at 163 before Christ. Daniel is so exhausted from this vision that he is sick for several days. He has to excuse himself from doing the king's business. He does not understand. He preserved his words for later generations. And he is now himself saying, My God, I heard from one of Gabriel came from heaven to explain to me what's this all about. I mean, he must be just, you know, just overwhelmed by this. And, uh, and uh, I know that he is overwhelmed by this vision. Now, I want to say something to you before I go any further. On chapter 8. We're now beginning to come to terms with introducing the heart of Daniel on chapter 9. Because after he comes to see these things in the spiritual realm, he begins to pray. And so tomorrow, I want you to hear the prayer of Daniel. Gabriel interpreted, because from now on, Gabriel, the angel of God, begins to appear to Daniel more frequently. And he begins to tell Daniel and explain to Daniel what God is saying. Now, let me ask you this. Why would God send his favorite angel from heaven to tell Daniel and explain to him uh, uh, the dream? He never done that before with uh, all the visions. The Holy Spirit revealed uh, to Daniel what, what happened uh, with the dream of, Neb- of Nebuchadnezzar. But now, Gabriel is telling Daniel what he's seen. Why would Gabriel come to tell Daniel what's about to happen? It's so that you and I will comprehend it. God is clearing up the slate so He can talk to you. He can tell you the things that's going to be said. And so chapter 9, Gabriel comes in and he is helping Daniel to tell you what you're reading here and explain to you what is going to happen in the future. Now isn't that, isn't God good? Isn't God good? <laughs> That's our God. We, oh, hallelujah. Why? Because you see, uh, what is confusing, he explains why he introduces uh, a ram with a long horn and on the side four little horns is because those four little horns are critical to understand in terms of the second coming of Christ. 
I hope that you are with me. I hope you're not leaving this. I hope that you tomorrow tune to our to our channel, LatterRain.com, and to be able to understand chapter 9, because it's getting better. It's getting better. You are going to be blessed. And I know you're not going to just run away and leave me here by myself. We'll see you tomorrow.